Hello, what's happening? So, quick intro before we get into the video today. This one is both me and Chrissy, don't worry, it's not just me. And we have a conversation around three things that we see really working right now. It's a question that we get from a lot of our clients almost daily, I'd say. So we thought we'd make a quick video about it. It's just 30 minutes, we choose three. Obviously, there's a lot more than three things that are working right now. We wanted to be able to go quite deep and actually give specific examples from companies that we see implementing this and how it's working. All three are low budget, relatively low effort, and something that you could just get started with almost instantly. So check it out, hope you enjoy it. As a side point, we're experimenting with some new audio setup here. So there's a few little bumps on the table that you might hear, apologies for that, but hopefully you don't notice it. So yeah, enjoy this forward episode and we will see you on the next one. Bear with us. <laughs> But I did have a, a, a thought because um, I know we talked about, you know, what we're going to talk about tonight. We were chatting through last night, but um, I did a, a Peloton run this morning. Um, and one of the things that the instructor was talking about was, you know, right now, especially some of you, you know, Netflixing and chilling like that feels good. And, you know, if you're relaxing and what feels comfortable, you know, feels good. But what feels uncomfortable uh, a lot of the times we shy away from. And I think marketers right now are feeling that level of discomfort, but wanting to still feel comfortable and do what feels comfortable to them. Mm -hmm. um, and I think we can't approach our marketing like we're Netflix and chilling. <laughs> <You know? laughs> we need to... Um, step it What's up the and try, try new things. What's the push. opposite of Netflix and chilling? Just pushing hard through a Peloton run. <laughs> <laughs> um, hitting, hitting a good time on your miles. I don't know. But something that feels uncomfortable when we're pushing outside of our normal limits. And when we do that, I think we're, from a marketing standpoint, we're pushing ourselves to try new things. And yes, we might fumble along or, or, you know, we might learn from that and we might need to change. But what is happening right now is all of our normal techniques that we're doing, like email and relying so much on email because our other channels that we also are comfortable with, like in-person events and C-level mm -hmm. breakfasts and launches and all that just aren't available to us, but we still need to hit our numbers. And so now is the time to think about what are new channels that we can do? What are new things that we can do? And yes, it might feel uncomfortable or it might be a little bit scary trying something new, but what we're doing right now just isn't getting the same results. So what a better time to then try something. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I guess a lot of people get a bit stuck in their ways and but there's some companies out there i think that are definitely pushing pushing forward um even before all of this mm -hmm. coronavirus thing happened and and then i think you you also find that when you know this situation has happened those companies they have that momentum that carries them through and they can a lot of the channels and the, the work that they were doing you know they can continue doing it and it still works right it's like because it's it's stuff that um 
you know, it's just really engaging to their buyers and and regardless of you know, if their buyers are heavily distracted, they're still going to engage with it um, mm-hmm. and with their with their channel and content. So yeah, you bring a good point. Like you know, if there was friction before to get mm-hmm. to engage your process, there is massive friction now. And if it there was just if you were just always putting out valuable content and building your brand, and I know this is a topic we're covering a lot, but I think this comes up a lot right now with my clients on the calls is, you know, we need to potentially, you know, do something different. What new channel should I like invest in or what? And a lot of it is not even investing in it because they don't even have more budget. So that's why I think we wanted to focus on what are some things you can do where doesn't mean you need to reinvest budget. It's just new tactics that you can do outside of email um, that can help break through the noise. Yeah. And it's not necessarily like a channel. It's maybe more of an an initiative, marketing activities, and it it could leverage multiple channels. Um, Totally. But do you want to say, yeah, I guess the the point of this was to really get into some examples, right? Yeah. Well, let's talk about the first example. So, um, you know, one company that I think is you know, done a great job at treating their prospects and their customers as really an audience that should be entertained uh, is gong.io. And I think their main channel for doing this right now um, is LinkedIn. They have a lot of great content that they put out like on their blog and their website. But one thing that I think that other companies could take a page from or example and not to actually copy them, but just the idea of entertaining mm-hmm. um, and when you say entertaining you don't mean only entertaining right educating and entertaining those two things aren't mutually exclusive yeah and I think there are moments though when you can just entertain true um to true. really balance that out because that is something that builds trust like you want to follow them you want to see what they're doing you mm-hmm. know funny videos with your kids or little like songs or whatever like that's a good break from your day and you're willing. And sometimes when you are going to LinkedIn for a little break in your day, you kind of are looking for a level of entertainment. It doesn't always have to be something that's educating you mm-hmm. at the same time. But yes, having the balance of both of those. And they have a very great. fun brand. So it's very natural for them to post fun, fun stuff as well. But if your brand is a little bit more corporate, I don't think you have to then always feel corporate you know you I think you can really be a bit more fun especially on social mm-hmm. right yeah yeah and I think LinkedIn is a good platform for that and one thing that you can have the flexibility to do that is to really use your employees LinkedIn's mm-hmm. as the channel for sharing those um that content yep. so different yep. people at your company can kind of be a face for the company but um you know they're working hard and, and so you know, oh, yes. why not kind of show off the things that you're doing or support the company um, and have a voice that's shared and that's outside of your company page, which yes, can be a bit more corporate, but being able to use your own platform and own voice to share something a bit more fun and engaging is, is yeah. great. And that's what I think they do really well, as well as Drift. And there's some other companies out there. They, I don't know kind of how they've, you know, operationalized it or they've you know got the whole company to do it but that it's not just like one person mm-hmm. posting something they've got you know sometimes does like sometimes i go onto linkedin and it's just like 
gong, 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 because <laughs> maybe they've done a push or something and there's loads of posts. Um, but I don't, I'm not complaining. Like they're all good and interesting mm-hmm. posts and, and um, interesting content. So, so I think for companies that are looking to get some brand awareness, get people more into their brand, you know, all this stuff impacts the funnel, right? In different ways. Um, yeah, it can impact any part of the funnel, right? You get the awareness at the, at the top of the funnel, but you could be influencing purchasing decisions at the other end of the funnel. But try and at least find one person who's going to be that, um, yeah, your evangelist on LinkedIn, mm-hmm. on social, who can be, you know, commenting on other people's posts, going around posting their own interesting content and developing an audience on those channels. And it's pretty much free, right? Apart from time isn't free, obviously. Yeah. But you're not spending you know, tons of money, which obviously might be something that is a little bit harder right now. Mm-hmm. Um, it doesn't take a ton of time. Maybe they just carve out half an hour each day to do it. Mm-hmm. And that person, people engage with people, right? That's why, um, you know, a lot of companies don't send emails from the company, they send it from a person. And it's the same on social. Your people's accounts are going to get more traction than the, your company account mm-hmm. because there's something just about people, right? Like yeah. you just you just look for experts and you look for people. And it, coming from a company account, I mean, you're maybe less less inclined to engage with that. So find that person and then you know, build it from there. Find maybe a few people mm-hmm. that can develop that audience there. And I, I think the key thing there is um, authenticity as well. I think you oh, want yeah, to sure. find the people who are wanting to do it, willing to do it. And, um, you know, everyone has their own um, kind of what we call women in revenue, like your superpower, like something that is just you naturally can do and is like your edge that makes mm-hmm. you different. And for some people that could be entertaining and, you know, look across your organization and see, are there people that are naturally good at that? And, and maybe say, hey, you know, we want to leverage that superpower that you do have and let's use, you know, your plot, mm-hmm. give you that platform to do it. So. Yeah, and marketing is all about trying to find where your buyers are, right? And mm-hmm. it's likely that some of your buyers are going to be on LinkedIn. Obviously, depending on who you're selling to, it might be different, but there's always exceptions for every role. But there's going to be some, some of your buyers on LinkedIn, and they're probably, get, and LinkedIn is a platform that's growing. They're, they're probably coming back, you know, at least weekly, maybe daily. Um, and yeah, having a presence there is important. Um, but then the second one I think that we've been we've noticed is um, I'll give the I'll give the the general concept and then I'll talk about the example. So trying to leverage other people's audiences and this isn't anything new, right? But trying to find either strategic partners, um, companies that are similar to you, um, thought leaders, people running podcasts, people doing online events, etc. And getting someone at your company to again be that evangelist there too. It could be the same person that you're you're promoting on LinkedIn. Again, it would be just an, an additional layer on top of that. And and that person's kind of the lightning rod to, to get energy into your company. Mm-hmm. But I think a company that's doing this well right now is Sendoso and their CMO Dan um, is you know, speaking on a lot of things um, since he's taken over that role at Sendoso. A lot of webinars, online events, etc., mm-hmm. podcasts, and I think that one you're getting an, an uh, 
you're able to leverage audiences that you don't already have, right? Mm -hmm. So you speak on 10 different things in a quarter, that's 10 different audiences that you wouldn't have been able to maybe get in front of mm -hmm. without of that. Two, you're coming at it with an authentic, you know, you're trying to help, right? You're not trying to sell. Mm -hmm. So you're not coming on there and just and talking about like buying product. You're talking on whatever the concept and the, the content that is relevant to that audience. But as a side point, right, you know, like the company names there and, and you're, getting, you're getting that out there. So again, it's, it's just that additional layer on top of what you're doing and you're able to expand your reach out into different, different, different users and different audiences. Yeah, I think, uh, you know, leveraging that concept of community is something that B2B marketers can, um, you know, take a page from B2C marketers. We all, you know, kind of scroll through Instagram and we see, you know, different brands working on campaigns together and trying to, you know, get each other to follow each other or having, you know, Instagram live panels or, uh, you know, things like that. Yeah. And, that's that concept of, you know, finding, you know, like-minded companies or some people that are targeting the same group and leveraging their audience so that you can build a, a bigger audience. And um, so B2B marketers, you know, we can do the same thing mm -hmm. um, and, you know, help build our audiences, like you said, in that way. And Yeah, and I think it, it's so easy, but it's hard. Like, just find, like, every company has... I mean, surely, I'd be surprised if there was every company has that articulate person, maybe he's been there a while, mm -hmm. right? Or is new, right? That is super into what you're doing, who is able to speak about it. A lot of times it's good as well if that person um, is aligned to, like their role is aligned to who you're selling to. So for example, like Sendoso is a great example because Dan's CMO and they're you know, selling to, to marketers. Yeah. So... If you can find that alignment, I think it's great. Like if you if you're selling to IT and maybe your your CIO is that person, mm -hmm. um, because they, it just it just provides that I forget the word, but it provides that um, like that authenticity, right? Like you're really you're the buyer and the seller at that point, and people really believe what you're saying. Mm -hmm. uh, doesn't have to be the case, right? Like you can ha you can have anyone. It could be your CEO. It could be someone in marketing, it could be someone in product marketing, it could be a self, whatever. It doesn't really matter. But every company has that person that can be that evangelist and go out there speaking, leveraging the audiences and doing the stuff on social. So, yeah, and it's an easy thing to get started, right? And you don't have to be yeah. all in and put a load of budget, budget into it. Just, just dip your toe in the water and get, get moving. Totally. And I think um, this has to do also going back to the level of entertainment, but also building trust and the person that's closest to like what your product does and sharing those best practices. Another, another point on that is they are able to articulate cool things that you can do with your product or even show yeah. it off like what you can do on LinkedIn, like what Gong does as well. But um, because I think this whole smoke and mirrors and, you know, having prospects wait to see your product until they're in a cycle or a demo, I think those days are over. People want to know like upfront, what can your product do? Oh, what's that cool thing? Oh, that's awesome. I actually want to look at that. When it feels like you're hiding something, I think that's where prospects are a bit like weary. Like, what are they hiding? Why can't I see yeah. things? Why are you not showing off like how you're using it? Um, so and the data that you're getting out of it. I think mm -hmm. that's where Gong does really good. They, they post a lot about the insights they're getting out of the Gong platform, yeah. right? Like say this, this, this type of words or this type of objections on calls 
you know, means that for an X percent of cut, uh, X percent of deals, like maybe they'll close faster or slower or have longer deal cycles. And, and every product and company out there has examples like your, you've got people using your product, you've got people out there within your market. And I'm sure you can draw insights out of kind of the use of what you're doing, which can provide insight to other people, regardless of whether they use your product or not. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, it's implied that if you use our products as well, totally. this is going to be good. And then you know, tracking it as well. Like, obviously, we're, we're heavy on, on the marketing upside. And it doesn't, a lot of time people think about these things like, oh, you know, great, but how are we going to see if this is working? But actually, you can t- you totally see if it's working, right? If you're posting stuff on social, use your UTMs. Mm-hmm. Same with, um, you know, doing these webinars with other people. A lot of time, maybe you have list sharing as well, um, tracking all that all back. And you'll be able to see, you know, the success of these these additional channels that you're you're adding. Create a custom page with like a vanity URL you can shout out the end of your podcast that you're on or at your event. Yeah, there's totally ways that you can actually then capture those people because um, we know the end goal for a demand gen person is like yes brand awareness is great but i need to generate some demand and leads and um, but do that in a way where the person's giving up their information or converting like we said before where it seems natural and mm-hmm. when they feel like they should and one thing luke said last week on our podcast as well if you want to go deep on some unconventional content ideas go check out our last one but um it's about the the late i forget exactly again like the the phrase but the laid back kind of consumption of content Mm -hmm. especially now where people are you know stressed out maybe don't have the time looking after their kids they need something that they can consume easily that's why podcasts Mm -hmm. are great that's why you know social is great um and also it's it's just easier to get these things stood up right Mm -hmm. it's very easy to find the person in your company that can be the evangelist try and get them on some podcasts or Mm -hmm some webinars and then get them to maybe go help ghost write some posts for them in partnership with them you want it to be authentic right so you want it to come from them so don't like completely write it for them but just to get them started and it doesn't require a big budget you're not creating big long ebooks it can be quicker and it can provide just as much value as some of these bigger um, initiatives but with very little budget and not much time too yeah yeah definitely should we move on to the third one then yeah um So just to recap so far, so the first one, entertain, find your evangelist. Second one is leverage. On social. On social. Um, Second one, leverage um, other audiences and, you know, have yourself share best practices. You know, that could be one person or that evangelist or a group of people and, you know, promote yourself on other audiences like podcasts, their webinars and so forth. And then the third one is... You go. Um, The concept of, you know, hosting these small niche um, kind of virtual Mm -hmm. events. And I think virtual events is is something that everyone's like, shit, we can't do our events. Okay, now we're doing a virtual event. And that's not what we're talking about here. Like just, you know, turning everything into basically a webinar. Um, but really thinking about, okay, now our only way to really get in front of people or really, um, have this even concept of networking is giving them kind of that virtual platform to do it. And so one company that's 
kind of done this in a way where it feels a bit fun and engaging is Everstring. Um, and Matt Amundsen has a new campaign that's a drink with. And every Wednesday at 3 p.m., um, he has a drink with someone um, virtually and you can log on and watch them talk about their drink and um, also talk about, you know, co- you know, topics that are in alignment with whoever the speaker is. Um, and I think that, uh, you know, taking it a step further, you can even have smaller virtual event like meetups where you're really getting maybe C-levels together. Maybe that's a C-level at your company kind of hosting it and they're sharing ideas with someone. And maybe you only have a certain amount of spots there that they actually need to commit to, um, which I think is good because in order to get people to actually attend these things is there needs to be some skin in the game, I think. So if you're saying, okay, we only have seven people, really want you there, you're going to be able to network with other CMOs, CIOs, CEOs, um, that's going to be a lot harder to, um, you know, not attend than a webinar. You know, someone's trying to get on your calendar. You're like, sorry, I got to go to that webinar mm-hmm. at four. That's a bit of a stretch when you're like, sorry, I need to go to this um, CMO roundtable where yep. there's only six of us and I've, I've already committed. Sorry. You know, so that you're more likely to actually, you know, get the person to attend. Um, and that's a, a really great platform to really understand the person. Like, what are their pain points, you know, and their networking, um, which I think a lot of people are missing right now, that sense of um, networking, learning from other um, people at their level. It doesn't have to be C-level, but this is a great example for some um, some of you who are really struggling. Like, how do I... How do I get to those buyers? Because you know that maybe budgets are being cut and you really need to go directly to the person that has their hands to the budget. And mm-hmm. So we are thinking about C-levels right now as well. But end users is is great too. And um, I think that, and you can talk about why it's great for prospects, but I'll, I'll say even before you start to do one of these for, for prospects is maybe test it out with customers. You know, if you haven't done this before and, and all of these things, if you have done it before, you know, figure out ways where you can really test it out first, where it feels a bit less scary. And so maybe having like a virtual meetup for your customers and, you know, sending them a gift card for or like a DoorDash e-gift or Uber Eats or something, get, get some food or drinks and everyone meet up and um, talk about how you're using your product or, you know, what what's top of mind for you. And that's even a great breeding ground for understanding topics that you can use for a prospect meetup for, you know, a, a, even if you want to go bigger than these meetups and then finally have a virtual event that's broader, you have to do this list of mm-hmm. topics that you can do. But, um, you know, start with customers first, learn from that, get a little, get your feet wet. They're going to be a bit more forgiving if, if, you know, you have a few hiccups. Yeah. And I think the difference between these smaller meetups compared to a webinar is that a webinar, you know that you're just there to listen. I can listen mm-hmm. on demand, yeah. whatever. I don't need to turn up. But for these meetups, you're not really, I don't know if every string of recording them and putting them out, but you're not, I think the, the intention is that you have to be there to get the value out of it, right? Yeah. And and also for some of the other, where we've seen these these smaller meetups, like it's on Zoom, it's not Zoom webinars, like actual Zoom, like everyone's there, gallery, like you can see everyone. It's not just the presenter. 
you know, people can, it's kind of like a, like a, what you would do as a round table or yeah. um, like a small meetup in person, but online, um, which probably would in, increase your attendance rate, actually, given, given that, um, you know, some in-person events, people actually have to travel to. <laughs> um, so having that, that skin in the game, like you mentioned, that they really want to turn up to get the value because they, they can only get the value by turning up. And then there is a, it's a, it's a, a, for them to be able to network as well with mm-hmm. their peers. Mm-hmm. Also, they can invite um, their peers as well. Um, like you talked about the customer side, but prospects equally beneficial, right? You can, at any stage of the funnel, again, this is great. Like you could have people that you're not very engaged with top of funnel and, you know, try and get them to come, get them to invite other people mm-hmm. and, and really get them to have that, you know, high level overview and the topic could be something you know around education there could be people at the other end of the funnel which might be even better place to focus now given that um it's probably gonna be harder to convince someone from who doesn't really know you doesn't really see the value yet to see the value and then buy compared to people that are already seeing the value maybe already open opportunities um it's probably gonna be easier obviously to get them to buy at, at, in all times but especially now right yeah so get them all around, talk about their challenges, mm-hmm. you know, and then it's keeping up with the Joneses, right? Like if one person's like, oh yeah, look, we're gonna, we're gonna buy this soon. Then other people are like, oh yeah, you know, maybe I should as well, <laughs> you know, like hopefully people say that it doesn't go the other way. If it goes the other way, you just pretend to have a Zoom you know, cut out, but I'm joking. But, <laughs> but yeah, I think it, it definitely, um, it, it can apply. All of this is like funnel agnostic, right? Like, yes, it, you can be, it, it, it it's not, you're not trying to target your movement from this stage. Like in some cases you are, but you're, you're, a, you're able to just apply this at any stage. Totally. Right? I'm, I'm like so happy you said this because I said it twice and I, I summarized it with a client yesterday when we were talking about this. And I said, we were, com- I was giving them examples of these things. And I said, oh, this would actually work well across the funnel. And I was like, you know what, to be honest, if your idea can work across anywhere in the funnel, that's when you know you have a good idea because that means that you're providing value. You're not just trying to sell something or you not just have this motive for like an MQL or mm-hmm. a conversion. You're actually thinking about what is going to engage someone. And provide value to them. And provide value. And so, you know, that's a little test, a mental test that you can say as you're creating content right now. And, and also just makes your job easier. You know, we, if you, our teams aren't growing right now. So if you can have something that's that one, two punch prospects, customers everywhere, you know, that's great when you're lacking resources. So that's also just another um, benefit for that. So yeah, mental, you know, exercise, creating ideas for your content or campaign ideas. If it fits across the funnel, you're onto the right track. And then another one on that is market like you want to be marketed to, exactly. right? Like, if these ideas, if you're looking at LinkedIn and you're liking what people are doing, if you're listening to podcasts and, and listening to events that, that kind of have multiple companies on there and, and liking liking that, um, and if you're you're liking the sound of the like, smaller events over you know some of this bigger stuff, then then that's that's a good indication that maybe you should be trying that too. Mm-hmm. And I think the the other thing that all of these these things are as well is pretty low pretty low effort I, I like to want to say low effort because that makes it sound bad in a way like people assume like the more effort the more results right the harder i work on something the better i'm going to do but 
But actually, I think the bang for buck, some of this stuff is way better than probably some of the stuff that a lot of companies are doing um, right now because budget's low, right? You probably already have a Zoom account. You yeah. know, just try and get people to turn up to that. You already have, people already have like, you know, personal LinkedIn. Mm-hmm. People, um, you know, you you have a network that you can probably leverage to try and you know, get your, your speaker on in different platforms. None of this stuff really costs anything. No. You know, no. it's, it's, co- it's just time. Time. But not even a ton of time. Planning. And I, I, I think that's a good point. That's where I wanted to end with this, where I think with everyone you know, who's like, what can I do outside of like email or traditional content creation? Like it's, you know, we're having fatigue. All that stuff that you're doing does take a lot of time. Writing an ebook takes a long time. You know, building the graphics on that takes a lot of time Coming and money. Coming up with a massive virtual event for a yes. thousand people. Yes. And not those, saying that's bad, but. No, but I think, you know, so, you know, when you're thinking about making these changes, yes, it seems a bit scary, but just pull it back and say, okay, let's let's try out things. Experiment. Let, you, let's experiment. Yeah, let's use that time that we would, you know, sitting, having someone on your team right now sitting in front of a blank page to write a ton of nurture emails, like 11 emails in one sitting. You know, we've all been there before. Oh, shoot, I need to create all this. Oh, shoot, I need to write a webinar. Oh, shoot, I need to, you know, do that. That all takes a lot of time. So now it's just, you know, maybe a chance to just reinvigorate your team. We're all in a little bit of this like COVID slump right now. And so are your prospects. So what, you know, it is the time to rethink things. And like you said, low effort. All it does take though is some initial planning and strategy and putting the tools in place and all this you can do with a remote team. Mm -hmm. Um, And so, yeah. So if, if anything, this should just be inspiration. And hopefully those three ideas just, you know, give all of you who are kind of scratching your head of what you should do when your email channel or traditional channels are fatigued and, you know, hopefully some good inspiration. Yeah, I think that's it, right? That's it. All right, well, good luck out there. Crazy times, <laughs> hopefully every day that goes past, we're a day closer to, to getting back to some state of normality, but. Yeah, but hopefully this, this becomes your new normal, just part of your new strategy, so yeah. Um, if you do end up doing it, let me let me know. Hit me up on LinkedIn. If you have any other ideas, let us know. Yeah, we'd love to hear them. I'm always being asked each day what are some cool ideas. So if you see any, share them with me and Charlie. All right. right. Have see a good week, everyone. Time. See you next time on board. Board it on. Yeah.